Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr. J.D. Hall will be joining me later in this episode. Um, We'll be talking on this episode about the Hornets, the Grizzlies and the Celtics, um, Celtics and Grizzlies in that order with JD. I'll be talking about the Hornets solo. Um, but first we have some news to discuss. JD and I talked about the big injury news that happened since we last recorded. It's been a while since we actually last recorded some JD and I both get busy. So, um, the only real big injury news that happened since we were gone was the Stephen Adams news and that, um, we talked about that in the Grizzly segment, but I will say in some encouraging news, Jonathan Isaac finally came back and played, um, is looking pretty decent after not playing since the bubble, which was three seasons ago at this point, I believe. So we have some encouraging news there. Um, no other Devin Booker looks like he's due to return soon. Kevin Durant might be returning soon as well. Um, some positive injury news as we head into the all-star break pretty soon. Now there was a trade that happened since JD and I last recorded as well. He, um, Rui Hachimura, formerly of the wizards goes to the Los Angeles Lakers for the Lakers didn't get anything else, but the, I love the autoplay on these, on these websites. Um, the wizards received Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. And listen, I thought the wizards sold really low on Rui. I understand, you know, Oh, he's an expiring deal, but you, he's going to be a restricted free agent. The Lakers have a ton of cap room, like a ton, and they have his bird rights, which means if they sequence everything right, they can sign him after they sign all their other free agents. You know, so theoretically, let's just say Kyrie's on the table, right? Let's say Kyrie decides to leave Brooklyn, even though there was a report that Kyrie wants to make it work in Brooklyn. So let's let's just say that's on the table, right? You could sign Kyrie then sign Rui to a 15 million a year deal, which is, I think, about what he'd receive in free agency. Maybe not even that much based on what he went for. I think we've seen Rui. So his track record isn't... The game's played, I think, is what really hurts him. So 182 through four year, five years or four years. Um, That's what Obviously, none of his first, neither of his first two seasons were full years, but 48 out of 65, let's call it. Actually, no, the Wizards were in the bubble. I don't think he played in the bubble. Um, I'm going to check real quick because I don't remember. No, he did play in the bubble. Um, So in the regular season, he only played 40 games about. And then in 2021, he played 57 out of 72. Last year, only 42 out of 82. So this guy's missed a lot of time in his career. He's been really up and down. 
last year shot 44% from three. I think this guy has a lot of potential, but I, I understand maybe why they had to sell, felt they had to sell low on him, especially if they feel like they're going to have to pay Kyle Kuzma, who's also going to be a free agent this summer, a lot of money. That being said, with the position the Lakers are in, this was a brilliant move. And I hate on Rob Polinka a lot. And frankly, he deserves it a lot of the time. <laughs> that being said, this was a brilliant move by him because this is a guy they probably weren't going to be able to pry away in restricted free agency. You get him next to LeBron. You get him next to Russell Westbrook, two elite passers. You know, Rui is, I think he's going to need some time to adjust to the system. You know, he's not, I mean, he's played with Russ before, but he's going to need some time to readjust to playing with Russ. He's going to need some time to readjust the play. He's going to need some time to adjust to playing with LeBron. But, I think he's got something. He's got a big body. He's not a bad scorer. It's just the defense does leave a little bit to be desired, but he's, he's 24. Not like this guy is super old, you know, he's going to be, I'm guessing he's going to be turning 25 pretty soon. He's turning 25 literally next week. So he's turning 25 on Wednesday. So you got a 25 year old young player. I mean, you had this guy, you had this guy in Kuzma. Kuzma wasn't a great defensive player, but with Frank Vogel's discipline, he turned into one. And Rui has the body and the athleticism where you could turn him into one. Let's, well, we'll have to see if that happens, obviously. I'm projecting a little bit. But if you get him on like that four-year $60 million contract or even like a four-year $52 million contract, this is great value for the Lakers because this guy will... He's basically a free six eight wing, and you that's the benefit of the doubt you don't have for other guys and i I just really love this move for them, and I think that's great for them um and other than on the wizards end hunting on the ninth pick in the twenty draft twenty nineteen was kind of a weird draft, so that's just looking at it um so obviously that's the year Zion. And Ja go one and two. The Wizards had the six best odds in that draft. They fall to ninth. So lottery odds change and their their franchise changes. But it doesn't. And they look at where we are now. I mean, Zion and Bradley Beal. I mean, when those two would play together, I know it wouldn't be much, but when those two would actually be on the floor together, it'd be something special. I mean, Ja and Bradley Beal, oh my goodness, that would be insane. Even RJ, you know, and if you topped up into the top four, maybe you take Garland. Maybe you take Hunter. I think it would be, Hunter is turning into an actual player this year. So, and then let's, let's look at the guys taken in that seven through 12 range because, I mean, really, so at seven, you had Kobe White. Not like, he's probably going to get traded this year. You had Jackson Hayes, who listen, I think he could be a player, but New Orleans isn't really giving him that opportunity. Nine, you had Rui. Ten, you had Cam Reddish, who it's been four years. We still don't know what he is. Eleven, you had Cam Johnson, who wasn't going to get picked at nine. There's just, it was a shock he was picked at 11. And it was a great pick by James Jones, but 
hindsight is 2020, you know, like, oh, why wasn't he taken higher? If it was a redraft, he would be taken higher. At the time, there was no way he was going higher than 11. There's just, just there's just that's no way. PJ Washington was at 12. Um, great value at 12, even though I don't know if he comes back next year. It'll be interesting to see what he does at 13. You have Tyler Hero. I don't know if Tyler Hero and Bradley Beal make sense to have together because they basically do the same things. And I'd rather have Bradley Beal doing all those things than Tyler Hero. In 14, Romeo Langford, 15, Sekou Demboya. My point is, like, you know, I think three guys I'd rather have in that range than, than Rui. It's not like the next, it's not like the next year with Halliburton, you know, <laughs> where every team I could yell at for not taking Halliburton. I, I think you can justify it a little bit. I mean, I heard someone say in a podcast, I don't remember who it might've been Andrew Sharp talking about how Brandon Clark was the one who produced in college. He should have been the one who was justified with the lottery pick. And I mean, Brandon Clark's been a 16 game player in the NBA, but still, they're, they're, he was too old at the time. There was just no way he was going to be taken on the lottery. He was probably the best pick taken outside the lottery. Um, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how Rui progresses in his career. Um, it sucks that he had to give up on they had to give up on him so soon. They're probably going to have to give up on Johnny Davis soon. I don't know if you're keeping up with the Wizards. That's been a complete and total disaster. Um. He's not even scoring in the G League, like at all. I think he's like averaging less than 10 points a game there. It's really bad. It's really, really bad. So good luck to them. Um, they have some really tough decisions to make because, yeah, they could have gone a lot of different directions. Like even this year's draft wasn't the world, like world beaters. And you could have done a lot of different stuff. It would have been a lot better than they're getting at 10, I'll tell you what. But I think now's a good time to move on to the Hornets. Um, they're 15 and 38, good for 14th in the East. The last five has been an adventure. Um, lost to the Suns, 128 to 97. Beat the Bulls, 111 to 96, in probably the low point of the Bulls season, I think it's fair to say. Then they beat the Heat, 122 to 117, and a game you could argue the same for the Heat. Lost to the Bucks, 124 to 115. Did Giannis play? I think Giannis put up a huge number in that. Yeah. Actually, no. Giannis had 34 and 18, so just a typical Giannis game. And then last night they lost to the Bulls, 114 to 98. Um, this team just needs to blow it up already, and they probably will. Um, sounds like Ubre is going to be on the move soon. Sounds Ubre is not playing, right? Still not playing. Um, Plumley will be gone soon, and good riddance. I wouldn't say he's probably. I I don't think he's the best center on this team. I think he's probably the third best center on this team. Mark Williams, man, that when that dude plays, holy smokes, he's averaging a block a game in 14 minutes. <laughs> That's insane. PJ Washington's averaging a block a game in 32. Um, Mason's not even at a block in 28 minutes. So this guy, when he's coming in, he's playing with energy. He's playing with heart. 
he's going to fix that hole that we talked about the Hornets having at center for years now. They don't have to get that guy. They don't have to get Rashawn Holmes as much as I've wanted Rashawn Holmes on this team for actual years now. They don't have to get, you know, Daniel Gafford. They don't have to get a stop gap. I they have, I think they have the guy. And I love it for them because he's, I, th- I think he's the guy. He's a hard roller. He has great chemistry with LaMelo already. Um, LaMelo having a little bit of a down year. He's missing Miles Bridges, who I guess I'll talk. I guess I have to talk about. Um, so they settled out of court. And it, by all accounts, it sounds like, like the, the Hornets still have his rights on the qualifying offer. It sounds like based on the particulars of his situation that he's still a restricted free agent technically and that he's going to probably go back to the Hornets and the Hornets still have his bird rights. Um, I would have to imagine that when he does sign that he'll probably get suspended a lengthy amount of time. I hope that the NBA takes it more seriously than the NFL took it with Deshaun Watson based on the NBA's recent history of discipline under Adam Silver, I'd not particularly, I don't even want to say optimistic. I'm not particularly, I don't feel like justice will be served by the NBA at all. You could see the holes, the whole bridges left with his absence. And it's a huge hole. I think with bridges, this team is probably competing for the play-in as crazy as that sounds. And without him, this team is, I'm not, I'm not I'm, I can't act like he doesn't exist. I, I just can't do that. Without him and without ball for most of the, I mean, with, with ball, they're not, let me see their record with ball. He's played 26 games this year. So with LaMelo ball, they are eight and 18. So they're still a bad team with LaMelo ball. With Ball and Bridges, they're probably 13 and 13, 500, which is about what they've been the last couple of years. When Bridges took over for Hayward in the starting lineup last year, they were, they not only stayed afloat, they were still really good. I can't act like that guy doesn't exist. And I feel like that, that loss, you take out an almost all star from their lineup. And this is the result. And it sucks. I I wish better for Hornets fans. But maybe you could Victor Wembanyama out of this. I feel like hopefully that's the result. Um, I don't see any way this team wins more than 25 games. If I'm them, I don't... Lamelo's been hurt off and on this year. I don't risk a big injury from him. I trade Terry Rozier. I trade well, Gordon Hayward. You know he's probably not going to play another more than... 20 games um, unless he is traded. Plumlee's gone. I don't know. Apparently Jalen McDaniels is in trade rumors, which is insane. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, which that guy, I'll tell you what, that guy is going to get paid because that guy has a feel for the game. He's The jump shot hasn't come around yet. That guy though, that guy's a basketball player. And when that guy is an unrestricted free agent, I want him on my team. I'll tell you that much. I think he's a player, a good, damn good player at that. And I think, listen, if, if there's no 
Jalen McDaniels fans left on this earth, that means I'm dead. <laughs> because that kid can play. And he's going to be an impact player for his next spot. I think if they trade him, it's a really dumb thing. He's probably been the best player they developed out of their whole young guys. Like, other than maybe the Martin twins. And I don't know how much they you could say they've really developed other than they've been good kind of the whole time they've been in the league. Um, but the book night thing has been an abject failure so far. Just abject. And I, I'm not going to quit on him just yet, but it hasn't been good. JT Thor can't throw a rock in the ocean. The guy's a really good defender. But, man, that guy... I would not want him touching the basketball. And that's a problem. I like, I think he's a great defender. The problem is it's just not, not a good shooter at all. Um, PJ Washington. I I feel like he stagnated in Charlotte. And I mean, uh, I'll say, I give a caveat, the biggest development story other than bridges. Um, PJ Washington, as you've seen the signs of improvement this year, but it's not really gotten better as a rebounder. The shooting hasn't really gotten much better. Like he came into the league as a post scorer, which he's gotten better at, but I, that's not where I wanted to see him improve as, you know, I wanted to see him improve. I guess the perimeter defense has gotten a little better. I think on a team with actual structure, you know, we'd get to see that better. And I don't know this team Steam is listless. Bringing Clifford back was a terrible idea. Just absolutely awful because so I'm going to pull up. I didn't pull up cleaning the glass for any of these episodes, but I'm sure their defense is probably bottom five, if I had to guess. Um, so, yeah, their defense is bottom five and their offense is second worst in the league. Generally a losing formula. And they don't have a guy on defense. Like Williams could be that guy. He's not that guy yet. It's like I was texting Caleb last night and I compared it to when Pertle was in San Antonio or not when Pertle was in San Antonio. Pertle's still in San Antonio though. He probably won't be next week. Um, When Aldridge was in San Antonio and it was clear. It was very clear that Hurdle was the better option. But then Hurdle started starting and you're, you realized, huh, maybe he's only doing this because he's playing bench players. And I'm not saying that's the whole reason for Mark Williams' success. I'm saying it might be a little bit of the reason. And so I'm going to caveat that. I'm saying Mark Williams is probably going to be better than Jakob Pertle because I like what I've seen from him a lot. I think he's a lot more athletic. But I think that this team is listless. I think they're directionless. Obviously, you take out a top 75 player from the proceedings and it um, it's going to mess up your whole flow. There, there's just no if, ands, or buts about that. I, you can't talk about... There's a giant elephant in the room. It's a Miles Bridges-sized elephant. Just being real with you here. And... They got to embrace the tank, man. <laughs> Terry Rozier. You want to talk about a guy... That'll help it help swing a championship. That guy can do it. If I'm the Mavericks, I'm on the phone every single day trying to get Terry Rozier because that guy 
that guy could be like Kyrie to Lucas LeBron. And I'm not saying he's Kyrie because he's most definitely not. But in terms of secondary scorer next to a big wing, I mean, hell, we've seen it the last few years in Charlotte. And Lamella is not a big wing, obviously, but Lamella is a really big guard. I think Rozier would be perfect in Dallas. You throw Hayward in Los Angeles next to LeBron. You throw him in that Russell Westbrook spot if he can stay healthy, of course. You throw Plumley. Who am I kidding? I can't talk myself into Plumley anywhere. But Plumley's probably going to get traded. I, Plumley might be a good fit in Golden State. They need back. They need front court depth in Golden State. Um, you throw McDaniel's literally anywhere. This team needs to embrace tanking, and they need to embrace it hard because. <laughs> What, what else can they do right now? And I, I know MJ probably doesn't want to do that. They were so close to the playoffs the last couple of years and got destroyed in the playing game. But man, this is what they get for being such a conservative organization, you know? And I brought up a couple of landing spots for Ubre on the parts of JD. But man, I, I just, I think that... It's it's a wasted season in Charlotte, especially after such a fantastic year. Last like last year, so what they forty three and thirty nine last year, yeah, forty three and thirty nine, and it just felt like it was so much more cause for optimism. And now it's just all down the drain. So, um, that's all I got for the monologue. Make sure you check out um. Make sure you check out the other half of this episode. It was a banger. So thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this part, you already heard part one with me discussing the news and the Hornets. But now I'm joined by my great friend, co-host JD Hall to discuss the Grizzlies and the Celtics. JD, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm honestly great. I'm going to act like we haven't just spent the last, you know, 40 minutes on FaceTime trying to figure out Zoom. Um, <laughs> but in the spirit of asking a curveball, when you expect a fastball, JD, you, you might see this one coming. Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Because I, I don't know if we'll talk about the Super Bowl again before it happens. Who do you have? The Eagles or the Chiefs? You can't go against Hurts, um, can you? That's the thing. I like both teams. Um, Obviously, you know I love Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but Jalen Hurts went to Alabama, man. So I would love to see somebody who they said couldn't be a quarterback in the NFL, not only win MVP, but win the Super Bowl. So you got it. I'm going with the Eagles. Hot take. I know you appreciate hot takes, Shady. Jalen Hurts' improvement, more impressive than Josh Allen's. Because I think everyone thought Josh Allen at worst was going to be NFL player. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was an NFL player. I was wrong. I was wrong. And I'm so glad I was wrong because that dude's a monster. Um, But, J.D., uh, we have two exciting teams this week. I think you would probably agree. Two of the five best teams in the league? Um, where would you like to start? Would you like to start in Boston or would you like to start in Memphis? 
Oh yeah, let's start. Let's start in um, Boston. Yeah, of course. Because uh, why? Why would I even guess any different? Because <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. So the Boston Celtics are 37 and 15. That's good for first in the Eastern Conference. The last five has been pretty rocky, actually, for the um, Celtics. They lost three in a row. They got destroyed by the Magic in Jonathan Isaac's first game back. Um, they lost to the Heat 98 to 95. They lost to the Knicks 120 to 117. You might have you might remember this game as Jason Tatum saying afterwards that he wouldn't bet on Jalen Brown missing two free throws again. Uh-huh. Next game. Um I, I think you've heard of this game too, JD. <laughs> if you've been paying attention to NBA news at all in the last week. Um Lakers Celtics. Lakers won 125. Or Celtics won 125-121 on... I, I don't think anything happened at the end of regulation in that game. Do you? I don't remember anything happening at the end of that game. I mean, how how could I remember? It was a game I didn't want to see, right? Yeah. That you saw everywhere online, so... I mean, if if you've been paying attention to the basketball internet at all, just just real quick. How did you like... Patrick Beverly coming up to the official holding the camera. Oh, you know I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I I saw Blake Griffin do the same thing before. So it's true. That is you know. true. I I should also have noted that the Celtics did before this little three game losing streak, they did win nine in a row. So I, yeah. I do think that's a little important. Um and then last night against the Nets, they destroyed them. Molly Watt. Yeah. Hit him with the Stone Cold Stunner. He was like, geez. The score after the first quarter was 46 to 16. Um, it was 139 to 96 as the final. So, JD, last time when Dylan, I don't think you were on the first time we talked about the Celtics. And last when Dylan and I talk about this team, we have an interesting habit of not talking about Tatum and Brown. But we got to talk Tatum and Brown. Those two, I, I feel like right now is we're kind of seeing Tatum at, I'd say, a low point in the season for him, but we're seeing Brown at like, oh my gosh, this guy could be the he best player on a championship team. He got that capability, man. Right. I, I, I feel like these two, I'm glad. I, I don't really have a question for you, JD. Other than just talk about how nice it is that these two weren't broken up <laughs> and that we can get to see two top of the line guys be teammates like this and not have to be broken up and taken away from each other, even though one of your even though your co-host advocated it for it for years. Yeah, and um I mean, you know, I was one of those guys that believed in them too. I was I I was very hell bent on not separating the two. I mean, I might have been probably the only person outside of maybe those two that said, don't break them up. It seemed like everybody wanted them to, and I was just like, why? I feel like I I don't know. I, I love those two together. They are young they just a young duo of wings that we don't get to see in the league nowadays. You know, like, we don't see them until they both in their prime. 
Like, we didn't see D-Wade and LeBron climb PG into a win. They both out their prime. Like, I, I would love to have saw Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill young coming up together. We didn't even get to see them at all. So the fact mm-hmm. that Boston drafted these guys and we just get to see them grow each and every year and honestly – they got a 1A, 1B. We might say Jason Tatum is the best player, but I think Jalen Brown probably made more bigger shots. He, I think- he, he just comes up. Whenever Tatum needs Jalen Brown, it's like Jalen Brown just goes unconscious. But at the same time, Jalen Brown has no problem saying, J- JT, take over the game, man. When you need me, I'll be here. You know, it's like they complement each other so well. Exactly. Right now, I think they're both easy top 20 players in the NBA. Really, you can make a case they're top, like, I mean, probably easily top 15. The league is so deep that 15, like around that 15 range, you can say like, okay, maybe this guy's better than Jalen. This guy's better than Jalen. But Jalen has an argument to be a top 15 player in the NBA. You can make a case that Jason Tatum's like the probably the eighth best player in the NBA. I think the top five talk is way too premature for him. He still hasn't shown that for me, but I, I feel like his passing has got, I feel like Tatum's passing has gotten better this year watching them. Oh, it, it has. I feel like Brown's dribble has gotten better this year. Um, I would like I to see Brown's I passing. Think, I think a lot of them still struggle going left, but mm-hmm. you can the, see that they, they, they made some, um, off, off season dribble moves going left to help them out though. You could definitely exactly. see that. Exactly. And these guys, like, they just figured it out. Like, I, I feel like, JD, when we talk your turn, my turn in basketball, we say that as a bad thing. I think these guys figured out sometimes it's not a bad thing. And I think that's scary for the rest of the league. Because if these guys have chemistry, and if these guys have, like, this is elite chemistry. Like, this is, like, peak Shaq-Kobe chemistry at this point. Like, what, they've been playing together for seven years? Or, or yeah, seven years now at this point, almost? <laughs> You'd hope the two would know how to play together. But, man, like, I, it feels like they play so so well off each other. They know when to get each other the ball. They know when to clear right. off of each other. Um, and they your turn. each other's spots. Exactly. And both of these guys excel in isolation. And I think, JD, that kind of, you know, the second half of the season for the power hour is kind of big, bigger picture questions. I think that kind of leads to my first bigger picture question. Do the Celtics, do the Celtics do enough this offseason to take them over the top in the East again? And, you know, Cleveland got better. Brooklyn got better. Um, Milwaukee kind of stagnated, but Milwaukee still has Giannis. Milwaukee's looked really great since Middleton's come back. Granted, it's only been like five games, but they've looked like world beaters again. Um, Philly's looking a lot better in the second half of the season since, you know, Harden's come back, basically. But I, I still feel like Boston's the team to beat, and it feels like that's the case because they have two elite shot creators. Am I crazy for thinking that? No, I mean... I think right now we can say that they 
looking like the best team in the East. I just don't think they're unbeatable, but I do think right now they they are the best team in the East. I would agree that no team is unbeatable this year. But I think if they're... Well, <laughs> if you put the Magic in the playoffs, the Magic might sweep them. What are they, 0-3 against the Magic? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, every time I freaking bet on that, I, I done got pissed off. Like, I thought the first time when they played Jalen Brown, they played Tatum was go dominated and Tatum didn't, and they lost. Then Jalen Brown comes back, and I'm like, oh, they definitely winning this game, and they lose. I say, what the hell? Tatum had 30 that game, though. I, I that was during Magic Week, so I watched that game. Tatum had 30 that game. It wasn't like he he didn't he didn't shoot well. I wanted listen when I when I think a dominant. Uh, a dominant game. I, I don't like efficiency. I like efficiency. I don't remember Tatum being efficient that game. And I'm not sure how many assists he had, but when Tatum is at his best, Tatum getting others involved, he's efficient, and he's one of them guys that you want to force the ball out of his hands. If they lost that, he walked to 30 points, that's different. I don't remember him just getting a free 30. Well, how's nine of 20, 12 free throw attempts? Oh, uh, now. Now, okay. Not without Jalen Brown. I, give, me, give me 12 for 20, 14 for 20. <laughs> who, who the Magic really got that could guard? I mean, Franz is a good defender. They just have a lot I, of length that they were probably doubling we him. Say, we didn't say Franz. He's a good defender. I didn't say great. I didn't, didn't say great. Don't put him in front of Jason Tatum and tell me that, that that's enough. The Magic have a lot of length, though, and I think that's what they have going for them. Like, they are like a weird team. Like, remember those Bucks uh, teams uh, with Don Maker? Uh, yeah, I was about to say a young, um, probably go a young Toronto right now. Yeah, pretty much. They. It's funny because they're looking at Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> That's oh, like let Markel continue to go up. Exactly. They, they Gary Trent would be a much better fit anyway. Like being actually serious. Um, yeah. Why the hell did they let go of? Uh, you know, never man. I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> but but free Terrence Ross. Free free Terrence Ross. I can get with that. Um, do you feel like the Celtics are too thin to make a like serious run? So. We know their guards are going to be White, Smart, and Brogdon, right? Some combination of that three. Smart was hurt this week. Um, I don't know when he's going to be back necessarily. White's been looking pretty... White's cooled off after, I think, being the best shooter in the league for a couple months, which <laughs> after you watched him for years in San Antonio, J.D., you knew he was not the best shooter in the league. Um. I think Brogdon is doing exactly what we thought he was going to do in Boston. He's looked great. Yeah, I for want them. him to do more, though. I want more. How much more can. Okay, so here's a question. He's shooting 10 start. times a game in 25 minutes off the bench. Yeah, I don't like. How many times should he be shooting when uh, the other two guys are shooting 42 times a game? 12. So you wanted to take two more shots a game? Yep, and I want him to start. 
I mean, so, okay, what's your ideal Celtic starting lineup? Um, just take Derek White out. Does your ideal start Celtic starting lineup have Robert Williams in it? And Al Horford? Nope. So which one of those two isn't starting? Rob. So your ideal starting... So, okay. I want so to be able to switch. So your ideal Celtic starting lineup... Let me just make sure I have this right. It's Smart, Brogdon... Rod- yeah, the Rodney two, Smart. the two guys. Yeah, and Horford. Yeah, you're going with Horford over Robert Williams. I mean, I picture this. I'm picturing it. This is situational based games. I'm not saying every game. I don't think neither one of them needs to start every game right now. Robert Williams always hurt. Al uh, Horford I mean, just true. not good versus certain teams. So, you know, it's just situation. I mean, Al Horford was probably the second best player against the Bucks last year, though, to be fair. To be fair. Um, I don't know, man. I think... I think they, you do bring up a good point, though. You, They're a deep enough team where you could change the lineup on any given matchup. And it would look great. And all three of the guards can defend. All three of the forwards can defend. Both of the centers can defend. I mean, if you're calling Horford, I wouldn't call Horford a forward. But literally everyone in their spots can defend. The trade deadline is next week, as you know, JD. If you're the Celtics, are you like, okay with what you have? Or do you try to add just like one small, like, let's just say, let's say, okay, for example, you know, you know, another guy I want freed, KJ Martin. Let's just say you can grab KJ Martin. Are you trying to grab KJ Martin as just another depth piece? Are you like, okay, cool, we have enough here. I'm okay with what we have. How are you approaching this if you're the Celtics? Um, I don't know because I don't. I like him coming off the bench, but. I don't know. I think right now Boston don't need to mess with what's working. Okay. That that's the only thing. Like, if it don't work this season, off season, then you do something different. But right now, they coming in better than they was last year. Let's just see how this round goes. You don't want to do nothing that screws up the chemistry or could quite frankly turn the um team against you as a GM or front office guy. Fair enough. Um, I think I want to want to have you ask me some questions about Boston. But first, I want to ask you, I want to go through the list of contenders and ask you who would you take in a series between Boston or this team? So are you taking like just in the East? Not we're not going to do the whole league. Are you taking Boston or Philadelphia in a series? Honestly. If it wasn't for Doc Rivers being the the coach that he is, I would say Philly because a real coach would let Embiid and Harden be the dynamic duo that they've been being this season and just dominate. But because of the coach, I got to say that Joe Mazzarella stick will outcoach Doc Rivers. I also, I got to say, I don't think, 
I think Boston doesn't have an answer for Embiid, but I don't think Philly has an answer for Tatum and Brown. They don't, but they got they got one thing that could be the great equalizer, and that's if and only if he's willing to dig into this bag. PJ Tucker can irritate somebody to the point they get enough text to cost them a game. He 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 bothers them to the point they shoot bad, that cost them a game. I think just purely off talent, they could go seven games. But when you got a, a old vet like PJ Tucker who has had success and just being an irritant versus so many guys. We saw him do it versus Giannis. We saw him do it versus KD. We saw him do it um, last season, Garden Jimmy. Like, we're not saying that, oh, he's going to stop them. But he can give one game enough that costs something. Like, it's one play that can cost a game. And he is that guy that can do that. Offensively, hell no. But, I mean... He's the guy who should be having Matisse Thybul next to his side, because Thybul can do what he do even better if he got the opportunity. I guess we'll have to wait to see. Um, Milwaukee or Boston? Who are you taking? Milwaukee. Wow. Is it just because of what we saw in the playoffs last year? Yeah. Um. No answer for Giannis is one thing, but they went seven. And he didn't have Chris Middleton. Yeah. That's that is scary because Chris Middleton, we know as they big shot maker. And to be quite frank, Drew Holiday was the best defender all series. Um, he made timely shots. And because of that, what him and Giannis was able to do just as a duo, I have no choice but to think Chris Middleton fits in and Steal a game. I remember you and I recorded after, I think it was right after game five last year. And you and I oh, both were like, when, there's no way Milwaukee when, is when losing Drew, this series. When Drew dominated and took you, the game right from um, defensive player of the year on two defensive plays, then bullied him on offense. That's what you're talking and about. And Giannis dominated too. You and no, I, you I, and I, I know. I'm like, just talking about that fourth yeah. quarter when, when Drew killed Marcus Smart. <laughs> Yeah, that play was... I think you and I both came on here and were like, there's no way Boston recovers from that. And then Boston famously recovered from that and made the finals. Um, Brooklyn or Boston? Who do you have? Boston. I would agree. I would, well, Brooklyn's kind of slid down the standings since KD's been hurt, predictably. They're, now they're 31 and 20, which yeah. sucks. Um. But I mean, so that's a 51 pace. If I think if they can stay in the top four, that's probably good for them. Honestly, the only reason I, I'm going that with no problem is they got a guy that could change the entire NBA if he stopped being so passive. Kigar one through five can literally excel at everything on the court but shooting. He can be a very good scorer. We saw it in stretches without Embiid. He got his career high on the guy who was the reigning defensive player of the year. He talked trash after the game. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what happened to him. He is, 
That's my point. He talked a lot of shit. What did he say? He said, I'm not a scorer. And I got my career high on the defensive player of the year. If I'm not a scorer, then he's definitely not defensive player of the year. Well, Ben, well, take yeah. your non-scoring ass out there every night and go at people like you did the defensive player of the year that season. That's all we ask. You don't have to sit here and go for 25. Just be the, a threat to score. You are so great at passing. Okay, look at this. You know how for most of LeBron's career, I always said he passed too much when it matters most. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons passes when it don't matter at all. It could That's be facts. him. It could be him on a fast break. Like, just picture this. If it's him and who is the guy we don't see play? Um, Let's just say um, who was the rookie from last year who played a lot? The wing. Duke Deuce. Look, if if we got him and uh, nah, I don't even want to go him. I, I want to think of somebody we just don't see play ever. It could be they run if, sharp. Uh, if it's him, if it's him and Luke Cornett, right? And we got Isaiah Thomas with one hip out there. Like, not the Isaiah with three play step. I'm saying Isaiah Thomas, who got hurt when he uh, before they traded him to Cleveland. Before if, the Brinks track. If it's Ben Simmons and Luke Cornette on a fast break and Isaiah Thomas got to choose, how much on the bet, no matter what, Ben Simmons still passed the ball? Facts. Like, I, I can't. I can't. That's that's the problem. You can be a walker 16 points. We saw you do it. Yeah. We have seen him do it. He just hasn't done it since, like, what, his second or third year in the league now? It's been an actual while. And I I want to see it again, but I don't... I think the last year just killed whatever confidence he had, as much as it sucks to say. Um... Just in the spirit of moving on, Cleveland or Boston? I I have a feeling like you're going to say Boston, but I think Cleveland could be a sleeper if they. I think Cleveland could steal it because I don't see. I'm gonna be honest. The same problem that um, Boston have not going left. It's only Donovan Mitchell who got a problem doing that, and he could still go for 20 points with no problem doing that. Darius Garland won't be be able to be guarded. Similar to Tatum and Brown, I don't. I think that um, Garland and Donovan Mitchell will have a way, probably not to that extent. But I give them a front court matchup. However you want to divide it, I give them a front court matchup. So I think they could steal it. It's just all about how dominant Tatum and Brown choose to be. Because I think no matter what, those two could come out and be the best two players with their ass closed. That's how good that that's how good that they are. And I think this is this might be one of our last times talking before the trade deadline. I think the Cavs could be a sneaky big team where they make a big trade. I want them to get a small forward. I really do. If they get a small forward, I think they're the most dangerous team in the league because they have one hole. But I, I right now, right now they I have to take Boston because they just have a more complete team. You could attack that hole. I mean, if they play a Coro, I know a Coro is shooting better, 
but I just leave him open. If they play yeah. Osmond, I just call Osmond up every time. I mean, hell, I just call. I mean, as much as I like Darius, I just call him up every time. Like, come here, come here. Like, you know, that's what Tatum and Brown like to do. Yeah. So, honestly, the guy you named earlier, KJ Martin, very good defender, um, good slasher, can knock down open shot from here and there. Mm-hmm. Or, or, check this out. They missed, they missing a 3 and D guy, right? Mm-hmm. I give a call to the Clippers. No, don't say it. What's don't say it. Robert Covington. Oh, tough man, I knew you. That's exactly who you were going to say. We've seen this Robert Covington. Robert Covington. How many times do we need to see this movie? <laughs> How many times do we need to hey, see listen, this movie? Listen. We don't need him to score 12 points a game. Give me six. But he can't guard the wings, JD. We've seen this movie not before. A, no, not anymore, but he's not a bad defender either. He's not a bad def- He's better than what they have. Exactly. But, you just need a upgrade. We don't need him to be A1 best of his career, Robert Covington. Uh, man. It's, it's just going to be so much expectations on him, but... In the interest of moving the train, JD, any questions for me on Boston before we move on to the Grizzlies? Uh, say that one more time. Do you have any questions for me about the Celtics before we move on to the Grizzlies? Um, Miami or Boston? Right now, if Miami doesn't make any moves, I'm taking... Boston, right? But you know, you know what I said about them last time, I and mean, we just talked about them last week, mm-hmm. or the last time we did a, the last time we recorded. Um, if Miami makes a move, I am putting them back in that class. Right now, they're not in that class to me. I saw a stat, JD, because <laughs> you know they they can measure a lot of stuff on defense now. I saw a stat about the Heat's defense that's saying if they did not get turnovers, they'd be like a bottom five defense in the league that they allow such bad shots and they're such bad rebounders that it's like their defense. If you took, if you just took away turnovers, it'd be such a terrible defense, but since they force so many turnovers, it's a good, like it's a top five defense. And you know what? The eye test backs that up (laughs) because I'm sure you've noticed when you watch heat games, JD, the heat's defense is all over the place. The only reason they're good is because they turn the ball over so much. And they keep yeah. the pace low. That's literally it. But it's a, it's a chaotic defense to go against. It is a chaotic defense, which is why it works. But I you need that traditional half court defense because a team like Boston, who's been playing together for what it's five it's years now, been for a while. Yeah, Horford, Smart, Tatum, Brown have all been playing together forever now. Like I know Horford hasn't been there consecutively with them, but he's been there a while. In Boston, um, there's a lot of institutional knowledge there. KD can break any defense. Giannis can break any defense. You know, Mitchell can break any defense. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, that, I agree. That's an opponent. I, that's a matchup I'd love to see in the first round. Heat Cavs. Holy just, smokes. I only ask because of that seven game series win. Anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. We and saw one it. last question. One last okay. question. <laughs> If let's just say 
they decide to get rid of one person on the team and make an upgrade. And it's two teams. Because I just saw Boston come out and say, Marcus Smart, one of the best defenders of all time, right? What if they had this opportunity? Tell me who you take for this team. Smarter Drew. You got to take Drew. But have you seen how much that each of them is getting paid? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a reason why one of them. Have you seen the all-star team, Shady? Yeah. Yeah. One of them is in conversations for that. And the other one isn't. And it has, I mean, nothing to do with the salary, but the other guy gets paid like an all-star. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, if they had Drew Holiday, they would have won the championship last year. Flat out. If you swap Drew Holiday and Marcus Smart, I don't think the Bucks make it out of the first round. I don't. Because then you have the you have the Eric Bledsoe problem all over again. It's it's crazy. Um, well, that's a great question, JD. I love that question. Um, are you ready to move on to the Memphis Grizzlies? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so the Grizzlies are another team that's been struggling pretty bad lately. Um, they. They were on an 11 game winning streak, you know, through the middle of January. But then when we come to them, they were on a three game losing streak or actually let's let's just call it a two game losing streak. So the first game we have, they lose to the Kings 133 to 100, lose to the Warriors 122 to 120 on a game where they should not have lost. Because I believe if my memory recalls, that was such a bad sentence. They, Steph Curry was ejected pretty early on in that game. Yeah. Um, they lose to the Wolves 111 to 100. They beat the Pacers 112 to 100. And then they lose to the Trailblazers last night 122 to 112. And right now it's funny. They're actually playing the Cavaliers as we speak in Cleveland. So it's kind of a weird back to back. JD, are, are you ready for a proclamation about this team? I'm going to start. Yeah. And I want you to react how you feel. This team did not address its problem that I said it's had. And you know, the problem I've said I've had with this team for years is they don't have a shot creator and I'll, I'll elaborate. So I, these teams with great point guards always fall into these traps, right? We've seen it with Derek Rose. We've seen it with Chris Paul. We've all these teams with great point guards that run like a traditional pick and roll offense. They always fall into these traps of these guys can always get us a great shot whenever. So we don't need like a great shot creator next to them. We just need a good shot creator next to them. In New Orleans, you had David West next to Chris Paul. In LA, you had Blake Griffin, who was pretty close to elite, but I wouldn't ever say he was an elite shot creator. And we saw that problem right. bear out in a lot of playoffs. Um, Blake was elite for the other stuff he did. I think you would agree or disagree with that statement. Say that again. Blake was elite for the other stuff, like the playmaking and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. In Chicago, who was the number two... Like, Lou Alding, number two guy to Derrick Rose. Good scorer. No one would call him a great scorer. And I think Desmond Bain, right, 
he had a really hot start to the year. I think we're kind of seeing him be exposed a little bit, though. And I, I just don't think, J.D. I don't think so. I mean, it was the injury. I, I, the injury, I think, has a little bit to do with it. But I don't think he can be your second best scorer. Like, I don't think he can be Chris Middleton. And I'll tell you why. He's a good scorer. Don't get me wrong. I would say Chris Middleton. I would argue he's not much worse than Chris Middleton. But there's something that Chris Middleton has that Desmond Bay does not have. Would you like to know what Chris Middleton has that Desmond Bay does not have? The hype. That was, <laughs> you are a mind reader, JD. That is absolutely correct. Chris Middleton is 6'8". Desmond Bain is about 6'5". Desmond Bain does a lot of stuff really well. I would say he's a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none shooting guard. And I, I don't... I would say... I would kind of put him in that Blake Griffin class. I don't think he's as elite as Blake was in his prime. But I, I would say kind of what I said about Blake applies to Desmond Bain. That being said, JD, I just don't think... I don't know. When I watched the Grizzlies, they, they should not have lost that game to the Blazers last night. I don't care that Dane put up 41. Didn't he just put up 60 and they lost? Dang. Yeah. Yeah, or, they won that game. Well, still, the point stands. They've lost a lot of the games where he's gone off. So, yeah, they did win that game where he put up 60. Um, 44 in a game against Denver, loss. 50 in a game against Cleveland, loss. That's, I think, the game I was thinking of. There's no reason the Grizzlies should have lost that game. I watched that game. There's there's just no reason they should have lost that game, JD. And I agree. It's it cost it, me money. Well, do you have that going for you? I, I think when I watch this team, you need to win games against that. Like when a guy puts up 42 against you and you win, that's a great win. Because, oh, this guy gave us his best punch and we were able to withstand it. And I think Jaron went like, you know, not went down, but he was limping and he's not playing in Cleveland tonight. I I don't know. There's there's just something off about that game, especially since Nurkic went down and what the the Blazers had no interior presence. And I, I should say. I'll talk about this in the news section a little bit more, but Steven Adams, huge injury for them. He's going to miss. He's going to miss like, yeah, I, I would agree with that, but he's going to miss like five weeks. Um, I, I don't know. Am, am I crazy? Well, I, you probably think I am crazy, but how crazy am I for saying that I don't, I'm troubled by their shot creation? Uh, I'm not. Okay. Like, one reason being, Okay. Outside of Steph, last year, who can we say was an uh, elite shot creator for that team? It, like, it's a big separation gap between Steph and the next person, which is okay. Because they learned how to win that way. Desmond Bain might be a drop-off from job, but that don't mean he's not sufficient enough to win. I think, if anything, they should have just kept DeAnthony Melton to have, a third, to have a third guy. But honestly, 
when it all boils down to it, I look at Jared Jackson Jr. and say, can you be a scorer without somebody setting you up? That's honestly the question. He has too much upside to still need to depend on other guys. That's the only guy who I think needs to take a step forward in that way. But outside of that, I think having Ja, who's virtually unguardable, and then having Desmond Bain, who he showed that he could score off the dribble. He scored, he could create his own shot. Um, I think that's enough. It's all about if everything clicking and when it's clicking. But if anybody, I don't say make a move, force Jaron Jackson Jr. to step in and actually own that potential and don't be a big what if. See, you brought up last year's Warriors, and I actually think that's perfect because, yes, they didn't have the guy next to Steph, but they had a lot of guys who I would say are probably about Devin, Desmond Bain's level. Agree, right? Like Wiggins, Clay. I say, I say Clay, Clay and Wiggins. They're about at Desmond Bain's level. And Poole, I would say last year was at Bain's level as a scorer. I think yeah. we, we both agree. Bain, all those guys clear Poole this year, but we don't know. I don't know what's going yeah, on I there. Mean, before the injury, uh, Desmond Bain was averaging 25 points a game. Yeah. He's so still at like twenty two now, so I think one him of the problems around the same range. So I gotta give him that A B. One of the problems is is that um number twenty four, right? He wears number twenty four. <laughs> I knew you was gonna bring him up. Caleb favorite guy. Sometimes he pissed me off too. He pissed me off a lot. I want well, them to upgrade though. Go ahead and go in, A B. I like w- this. Would you like to know what he's shooting from the field? Oh, higher than lower than 42%. Lower? 36%. Okay, higher than that. I 38, I'm not going more. It's 39.5 on 15 attempts a game. (laughs) He's a chucker. He's a chucker. And he's shooting six attempts from three game, 31%. He's not a scorer. I think this team... Again, this is a week before the trade deadline. There's a lot of OG and Anobi talk. Right. This is a team, JD, I think that makes a lot of sense to go get OG. Because if you slide OG into that like Wiggins spot last year, where yeah. he's taken a lot of those Brook shots. Yeah. First of all, I th- I think you would probably agree I like, this. Year. I would like I would love that. I think you would agree probably overall OG as huge upgrade over Brooks at this point. Oh, like, like Brooks is, I think he's gotten underrated because people hate him. <laughs> he's definitely a heel. Um, JD, you know, you're much more knowledgeable about wrestling than I am. Who, what heel is Dylan Brooks? Um, let me see a heel that just don't. Let me see. Um, Oh man. I put you on the spot, so I apologize. Uh Dominic Mysterio. Like I, I don't think he really matters. Like he just uh, He's just a he's just a thorn in the side. Yeah, like he just be there, he talks like shut up. He's not good to me, so 
Dylan, I like Dylan Brooks more than him, though. Dylan Brooks affects the game more than I think the Memphis Three But that's who I thought of. That's JD's WWE minute, folks. Um, I I think if you slide OG into that D- Brooks spot, you get a lot better scoring. You get a lot better defense. OG hasn't been particularly efficient this year either. But you put him with like a true point guard and a like better space around him in Jaron and Bane. Oh my goodness! I think it'll cure a lot of this. Like, oh, we both agree. OG's a good shooter. And I, it just, he's playing with Siakam and Barnes who aren't good shooters. Yeah. And that cramps the floor. So teams are just like, okay, OG's like a fine shooter. We're just going to stick on him. They're going to have no space. I think it's a bad sign that losing Adams makes them look a lot worse. <laughs> it's. I know last year they kind of ditched Adams when they got to the playoffs, but still. Um, I think Brandon Clark should probably be playing a lot more. Yeah, and I think I think if you look now, he's getting that Clark and we see his value a little more. I just think, you know, he's a guy where I want him on the floor more. I, I think he's a guy where I could see him giving surplus value to a team like in a small, I, I guess playing, you know, playing small ball is hard in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you have to do it all the time. I, I, I don't know. How do you, how have you liked Jaron this year? Obviously he missed the first however many games, but he hasn't really missed much time since he's come back. I think this is one of his first games he's missed since he's come back from missing all that time at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, how have you liked Jaron this year? 16 and a half points a game. Um, 50% from the field, 36% from three only or seven rebounds a game, which I believe would be a career high 3.3 blocks. How are we feeling about Jerry overall this year? Um, I like him. I think Jerry Justin Jr. has the ability to be the second best person on that team. I just don't give him that. I think he needs to obviously become a better rebounder. Uh, I love that. He's, uh, threat at the rim, but geez, can you stop fouling? Could you stop uh, giving teams a bailout on threes? He loves going to the left hand on the block, but can you make more? Can you just become a physical presence down low and stop being a guy that depends on his three-point shot because he's too athletic for that? And I think I'll say we saw a guy like Miles Turner. It took him a while for him to grow into his body. I think we're finally seeing Jaron grow into his body. Um, that being said, Miles came in was a lot better about not fouling. That was one thing he was always great at, even as like a young buck. Now he was playing with Thaddeus Young, who is like, I think, underratedly one of the smartest defensive players of the past generation. Um. That being said, JD, I think getting the fouls and the blocks even is insane. 3.3 blocks to 3.3 fouls a game. Yeah. That's actually insane. I think three is probably where he's going to be for his career, which is fine. He's going to be blocking shots. I think 
if I'm going to take him, I think he's probably a top five defensive player in the league right now with how he blocks shots. He can move his feet on the perimeter. For me to say he's the best, which I think he can be, I think he needs to get under three. Once he's under three for a full season, I think I'll say he's the best defender in the league. I don't think I'm there yet. I think I'd still have Bam over him for sure. Yeah, I just but, think right now he might he he tops in defending the rim. He just fouled too much for me, and it's not like it. It's not like it be every game. It's just in the games that matter. That's that's more my problem. It's in the games that it matters. They, he just fouls too much for me. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there, but I think. Just big picture questions on the way out. Um, So we talked about West contenders on our Nuggets episode that riled up one of our favorite listeners, Caleb Lynn. Um, The the Pelicans fallen all the way to 10th in the West, which I did not see coming. Um, Right now, Denver is one. Memphis is two. Those two are have a comfortable cushion on Sacramento at three. L- the Clippers at four. Mavericks at five. Wolves at six. Um, JD, how are you feeling about this team's chances? Let's just say of making the conference finals. Do you think this is a team that should feel good about its chances of making the conference finals if things break right for them? Or do you think this is a team that needs a brace for a tough playoff run? I mean, it's obviously going to be a tough playoff run for anybody, but I think they could get back. I think they might get back, but I think they could get there. I think so. It's going to be interesting to see because if they get Sacramento in the second round, take lock. It might work out this year where their first round opponent is harder than their second round opponent. I think they could beat Sacramento. Oh, I, I think they destroy Sacramento. I think um I think I think um Steven Adams, the great equalizer of that series, just takes a bonus out. Absolutely. And I think Dylan Brooks can do a good job on Fox. Um I don't I think we can save the other West series because I, I don't really know who's a contender out West right now, to be honest, other than everybody, <laughs> everybody, Denver and Memphis, for sure. I think Denver and Memphis, I think, deserve the benefit of the doubt of being the two best teams in the West right now. I mean, Denver's 35 and 16. The Grizzlies are 32 and 19. Other than that. Right now in the East, five teams have won 30 games, only two have won 30 in the West. I mean, it goes to show, and the Heat are about to win thirty. So, I've said, I've been saying all year, JD, that the East is better than the West. I've been saying before the season; it's quite obvious. Do you have any questions for me about the Grizzlies before we close out this episode? Astada and Anobi, who you think is a better fit? Okay, so I think if they can snag Kyle Kuzma, it's not going to happen. But hell, like if I'd offer like four first round picks to the Wizards, be like, hey, please give us Kyle Kuzma. Because he's been he's been a dog this year. He really he has. has. Been. I've really been enjoying Kuz. Um, I'm trying to think who else. 
I mean, if I was going to buy low, I'd get KJ Martin, but he's not someone I think that would fit this team necessarily. The problem is that the guys that make sense, the teams wouldn't trade. Maybe Kelly Oubre. If like they want to just buy low, send one first round pick that's like top lottery protected. And Danny Green just be like, hey, we'll take Kelly Oubre off your hands. I mean, Kelly Oubre on this team would be a menace. I love Oubre over there. Yeah. And again, it fit what I was talking about, like where he scores, he's like the third or fourth option. You can keep Brooks. Um, is he a top tier defender? No, but he's a good enough defender. I think that there's a lot of different options they could go with. It's, they, they need help at the 3-4 spot, though. More specifically, the three spot. Although a lot of those guys yeah. are playing four this year. Because, I mean, let's be honest, nobody believes in Dylan Brooks outside of Memphis Outside of Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. So, well, JD, that was that's going to be a wrap on this episode. Um, thank you so much for joining me. What do you got to plug? Man, um, right now I'm working on releasing a couple episodes. I'm doing a lot of big things for Fastest Stats. Um, kind of like a welcome back. I was thinking about doing a whole rebranding, but a bunch of listeners that I talked to said, no, they, they like it how it is. They just ready for me to drop. So that's what I'm about to do. Just start dumping a lot of video, a lot of, a lot of um, episodes in a minute. Sounds good. I'll, I'll make sure to tune in and check it out. Make sure you listen to uh insanity. Um, NFL is about to end, but you know, they'll pivot over to basketball when that's done. But Still, you're going to want to check out that football coverage. Um, make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Zach just posted his Oscars picks this week, or actually, I think that was last week. But that was an electric episode. You're going to want to check that out. And JD, you and I are about to record again very soon. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you all so much for listening.